This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Still in all, uh, the climate is a principal concern. You know, it has been, and it's been shown, I guess, in the interests of the federal government anyway. They've made it priority one here in this province. Interestingly, we had our own premier, along with the premiers of New Brunswick and Saskatchewan, uh, cobbling together some kind of proposal for small modular nuclear reactors. And uh, earlier in the program, we actually heard from one of the people involved in the industry in New Brunswick, fearing that uh, somehow Ontario, with its economic clout, uh, sort of has a gravitational pull towards all of the research, the development of such, and so on and so forth, and they might be beggaring the smaller provinces. As to the viability of these uh, types of smaller nuclear reactors. Uh, wanted to find out what the lay of the land may in fact be. There's another interesting story dealing with the environment where the provincial government just cancelled a wind farm that was already uh, partially built just south of Ottawa and uh, was supposed to bring 100 megawatts on stream uh, early in the new year. So uh, to find out about these matters and more, we defer to the experts, in this case, Tom Adams, Independent Energy and Environmental Advisor, who's joined the Oakley Show. Mr. Adams, always a pleasure. Good afternoon. Hey, John. How are you? Very good, thanks. So what's the situation? The uh, government here has proposed small nuclear uh, or modular nuclear reactors, SMRs, as the saying goes. Uh, is this maybe a solution? Because they say... One of the reasons behind this, the thinking is that uh, it doesn't emit any kind of uh, greenhouse gases and so on and so forth, so it's generating electricity without greenhouse gas emissions, helping us reach our 2030 reduction targets under the Paris Climate Agreement. You see this as being perhaps a viable way of going there. Uh, I think there's, uh, on this file, um, uh, less than meets the eye. Mm. Uh, uh, we got a bunch of politicians, you know, in uh, uh, Saskatchewan, in Ontario, and New Brunswick, that are under pressure to have something, you know, positive to say about what they're doing on the climate file uh, on CO2 emissions, and so they've fastened on to, uh, you know, one of the, you, you know, the popular fads, um, uh, the small modular reactors that have gotten a lot of talk lately, and said, oh, yeah, well, that's going to be our solution. Um, the, the, the challenge, I think, for them is that this this whole notion of small modular reactor has been tried very hard for a very long period of time. This, you know, the concept goes back to the 1940s, um, a major, major investment, uh, many, many attempts at making this work. Um, and the the I think the the lesson of economic history with nuclear power has been that the larger reactors tend to be the more affordable ones. Hmm. Um, uh, if you you look at the the reactors that have experienced premature closure, for example, you, you know the reactors that went into service and then. Yeah, uh, for one reason or another, had to go out of service. It tends to be the smaller reactors that had the the shorter service lives. So, you know, I think there's a lot of evidence. Um, and, of course, there's been a, a huge amount of debate that's gone on for decades and decades about what is the optimal economic size of reactors. Um, and, you know, over and over again, the uh, the conclusion generally is that the small modular reactors are kind of a niche product and really not uh, not not ready for uh, prime time. 
Well, which is interesting because uh, earlier in the program we were talking uh, to uh, somebody from New Brunswick, David Campbell. Uh, he's an economic development consultant and chair of the New Brunswick Energy Solutions Corporation. He was afraid that uh, Ontario would get the lion's share of R&D on this and uh, the prospects then of exporting to other countries, you know, who are burning coal as their principal fuel, meaning China, India, for example, that this was really going to be uh, perhaps, you know, an industry that we could export to, uh, you know, great benefit and effect. So you're saying not so much. Uh, so that kind of stifles that you know, that concern of his. But when we come around to nuclear, as you're saying, the bigger reactors uh, are better, but the retrofit on them is supposedly cost prohibitive. Going to hear from Peter Tabbins. He's the NDP's energy crisis or climate crisis critic. He's always uh, banging on that note. He's going to join us here shortly. But uh, is nuclear still a viable answer? Is it the answer if we really want to reduce our emissions and make sure we can sustain baseload? There's a really credible argument that that, that nuclear is uh, got to be an important part of the solution uh, um, to to get rid of uh, um, you know have energy supply without uh, CO2 emissions. A, a lot of big thinkers out there, um, uh, you know, that are kind of pushing on this. Um, but you know, again, there's, there's there there are cautions from a consumer point of view. Um, uh, they, by and large, the nuclear power fleet in North America is not competitive against natural gas. Um, uh, and so, if we want to go nuclear, there's going to be a premium paid by customers um, uh, because other sources of electricity supply are just cheaper. All right. As to retrofitting uh, places like Bruce and, uh, I guess, Darlington, uh, if it's still on stream, what is the uh, prospect of doing that in a cost-efficient manner? Yeah, well, so um, uh, this is actually a hot item right now. Um, uh, So uh, both uh, Bruce and Darlington, Darlington is right in the the throes of actual uh, uh, refurbishment. Uh, uh, Bruce is is poised for another round of refurbishment. They've been through some. Um, uh, the Pickering reactors, uh, uh, Ontario Power Generation. So it's the, uh, it's owned by Ontario Power Generation, the Crown Corporation. Um, uh, they the the um, uh, Ontario Power Generation has made a decision that it is not worth refurbishing the Pickering reactors. Um, n- n- notable in the context of this conversation, but the Pickering reactors are a smaller size uh, than the Darlington and Bruce reactors, um, uh, which has uh, historically really hurt the economics of their performance over there at Pickering, a major reason for the decision not to go ahead with refurbishment. I see. Tom Adams is with us, Independent Energy and Environmental Advisor. Tom, got to ask you about this wind farm that was uh, being built and I guess was uh, almost operational, they were saying, early in the new year, 2020. The government, the Ontario Environment Minister, Jeff Urich, cancelled it, a $200 million wind farm just south of Ottawa. Uh, and the reason given was because these giant turbines pose a threat to nearby bat populations. He announced that earlier last week. Now, uh I don't know what you make of that, uh, or is that just a beard for the cancellation of green energy projects in general? 
Yeah, I, it's a little hard to take the, the environmental side of that claim uh, uh, it, it, too seriously. Um, but the, the underlying issue of whether this wind farm would be generating useful power, um, uh, you know, what would it be its overall impact on, on, on customers? Um, uh, that's, I think, pretty clear. Um, uh, a, a very large fraction of all the wind power that we do generate in Ontario now gets simply wasted. In many cases, we're paying generators, wind generators, to not generate. Um, unfortunately, the amounts we pay them and the amounts of wasted energy are uh, state secret, and it, there's no official estimates of what those are, but it's, uh, the, they, it is clearly a big number. Um, uh, and similarly, we give away a lot of the uh, wind power that is actually generated uh, is given away to neighboring utilities, mostly Michigan and New York. Um, so th there's, you know, the, the viability of this project. We, we just, we built way too many wind turbines is the problem. And the Ford government's been looking for ways out of it. My understanding is that the developer at the Nation Rise project, this is near Ottawa, right. um, what, you know, was given notice that the Ontario government was considering pulling the plug on the project um, some time ago. They, the developer proceeded with uh, a lot of investment just recently. Um, uh, and, and so it, it does seem like there's a possibility that ratepayers could be on the hook for some damages, um, uh, you know, in winding down that project. But it also seems clear that the net impact from a ratepayer point of view is uh, likely to be favorable. Um, the savings in you know, foregone uh, um, uh, commitments to purchase power that we don't need uh, would uh, probably far outweigh any penalty costs. Well, the local residents were against it and voted it down in two instances, but it uh, was, I guess, put in motion by the former Liberal government, which, by the way, the Ford government recently announced they're cancelling 257 early-stage green energy projects at a cost, they say, of $231 million. Uh, it was done on, I guess... Uh, a cost-benefit analysis basis saying, I guess the minister mentioned that it would be about $700 million to fulfill all these contracts with, as you just stated, you know, just ditching a lot of the energy or it wasn't going to be uh, applicable when needed. Do you think it was the right move for the Ford government to do that? I think that's it was probably a, a very good move. I, I really wish the government would show us the cost-benefit analysis that they're relying on. You know, it would just make this conversation a lot clearer, um, uh, you know, with less speculation. But, uh, and I, yeah, I suspect that the, that the conclusion that they, you know, that, that they've, they've reached is, is, is based on some sound analysis, but, you know, it would be useful to have um, uh, the basis of their decision out there. Certainly would. I trust the argument. Tom, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. So good, John. Great to chat. Thanks. Tom Adams, Independent Energy and Environmental Advisor. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.